0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, September the 14th, and welcome to our commentary. Before we get into our agenda for today, I want to say hello to a group of students over in Northlake College. Northlake College is over in Irving, Texas, not too far from where I am now, and I had the opportunity to spend some time with them this week, and uh, they were all very nice, uh, very nice people, very... Uh, very pleasant uh, class. And uh, some of them said that they wanted to watch the video. So I showed him the, the site and uh, here I am. So I want to say thank you to all of you for a wonderful week. And uh, I hope that uh, we have a chance to, to chat again. So thank you to all my new friends over at North Northlake uh, College. Well, the big, big story this afternoon in the United States is the indictment of Hunter Biden. He was indicted over some gun charges, these are federal charges, so they can be very devastating for Hunter Biden. I don't have all the details at the moment, uh, so we're going to wait until a either when we chat with uh, Bill Katz uh, on Monday, or we'll, we may try to chat with somebody else before that. Before we get into the story, this is a very serious story, and of course, this is only part of the story that has been in the news. The other. Uh, is any potential financial relationship between Hunter Biden and when his father was vice president. That's more complicated. And that is in the works. And I don't know if anything is going to come out of that, but that's a very complicated story. But this one over the federal gun charges, this is a serious one. This is a very serious one. And uh, the charges come from the special counsel who has been looking at, uh, at this whole story. You know, I don't know regarding the other story about Hunter Biden and and his father and money and all of that. I really, it's a confusing story. It's a confusing story because there's so many little intricacies to it. All these little parts that are in the story that make it difficult for someone to understand it. What I do know is this: millions and millions of dollars passed through the hands of Hunter Biden as the son of a vice president he took flights with his father and came back with contracts. Now, maybe everything was up and up. I hope so. But it does raise a lot of questions about what potential role Hunter Biden had in, let's say, making a lot of money while using the family name. So, again, that's the the other story, and that's what the impeachment could be all about. But this one about the gun charges, this is serious, and uh, we will get more developments on that story, and get more into it on the video uh, in an upcoming video, either on Monday when we chat with Bill Katz, uh, the editor of Virgin Agenda, or maybe before that. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to come up with a couple of guests so that we can get into this story in more in more detail. Well, I have a post over at the American Thinker today talking about the other big story, probably the one that concerns more and more Americans, and that is inflation. Inflation went up again in August. And why is it going up? There's one reason, one primary reason, and that is the price of gasoline. You know, I've been saying for some time on these videos and on the posts that I write over American Thinker and and in general when I talk to people, I've been saying that watch the price of gasoline because the price of gasoline is what really drives up uh, the inflation. Why is that? Because everybody has to drive Everybody, uh, the trucks and the people who move all the goods that we consume, they have to buy gasoline. So if their prices go up, well, they've got to obviously pass that on to us. And that's one of the big reasons why the price of food is as high as it is. And the other couple of things, too, that are really completely out of control are rents, uh, apartment rents, house rents. That is also a huge problem. And as I mentioned a few days ago, this is all driving the American family to a very tough situation when it comes to cash flow. You know, it's all about cash flow. How much money comes in, how much money goes out. That's the key. How much money comes in into your house, how much money is going out. And right now, a lot of Americans are not having, they don't have enough money in to have to satisfy all the requirements, the bills and everything else that goes with it. So this is why, this is why you've had an increase in delinquencies on consumer loans, credit card loans, car loans. Why is that? Because people can, they don't have enough money to pay for all of those different uh, expenses that uh, come into the family. So it's a tough situation. This is a very bad report uh, for the Biden administration because they've been telling us that things are getting better. They're not getting better. When it comes to inflation, they're not getting better. And it, it, it really puzzles me over and over and over again. We have a solution to the gasoline problem, a very simple solution, and that is to produce more oil. And we've got lots of it here in Texas, in Alaska. We've got lots and lots of energy in the United States. There's no reason why we should worry about the fact that OPEC may be cutting production. That should not affect us. We have plenty of oil in the United States. So what the Biden administration is doing is that they're stopping Uh, you know, they're stopping leases up in Alaska, what they call oil leases, so that people can look for more oil. They're stopping that. They're freezing that. And that's just insane at a time when we should be producing as much of the gasoline of the oil. We should be exploring or getting out all that oil and turning it into gasoline so we can bring down the price of gasoline. That is the only way we're going to bring down the inflation. Now, of course, the other concern, too, when we hear about inflation figures like this. The other concern is that the Feds will continue to raise interest rates. And that is already becoming a problem for people buying or selling homes. Mortgage rates are going up, of course. Uh, Loans are going up uh, at the bank. And all of that because the Feds are driving up the interest rates to slow down uh, the inflation. So it's not a good report. The August report was not a good report about the American economy. And this is also having an impact on the on the Biden presidency, because more and more, you know, more and more, this is becoming a presidency without too many positive results. I mean, uh, you know, you can like or dislike Trump all you want, but at least there were some very strong economic res- results when he was president. And certainly, when it came to gasoline, uh, the reason that uh, we had low gasoline prices there at the, during the Trump administration is because he understood the connection between the price of oil. And the family budget if the price of oil is high the family budget will suffer a great deal having to pay more for gasoline and then all of those goods and services that we buy are also going to cost more because they have to be transported from one place to another so not a good report not a good report on the u.s economy here in the month of august well daca daca was in the news again yesterday a judge i guess this is the third time that a judge has found DACA to be illegal or unconstitutional. You know, we've been saying this for over 10 years, that DACA was unconstitutional. Let's refresh your memory a little bit. Back in the summer of 2012, President Obama signed an executive order creating DACA. Well, he didn't have the presidential authority to do that because the president of the United States cannot legalize or issue work permits for people. Whether you want to or not, he didn't have the authority to do it. So DACA has been a a challenge. It's been in the courts. And now for the third time, a judge has indicated that DACA is unlawful. Now, look, I've said it many times. I favor the legalization of most of these people under DACA. Most of them were kids who were brought here by their parents. And I'm I'm not going to penalize the kids because the parents brought them here illegally. So I'm willing to... To say to the, the so called dreamers, look, we're going to give you a path to legalization or whatever. But the way the Obama administration did it was completely wrong because they went around Congress and they did it by executive order. Now, of course, this happened in the summer of 2012 when President Obama was having a tough time, you know, sparking uh, the Hispanic vote. He needed something to spark the vote because many Hispanics were very disillusioned and, and very disenchanted with his presidency. But the whole thing has now finally hit the wall. DACA is unconstitutional. And what happens next? Well, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's going to have have to go back to Congress. Congress is going to have to take up the issue of the DREAMers or DACA or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So what happens to these young people? I don't know. I don't know. But this is a very terrible situation. And they're in this situation because unfortunately they bought into what president obama was saying and obama misled these young people on the idea that he could take care of their problem he couldn't he didn't have the authority to do it and now we're finding out that uh, it was exactly that well another person who didn't have the authority to do an executive order was the governor of new mexico who issued a an executive order a few days ago basically taking the guns away and violating the Second Amendment of the United States. Well, a federal judge stepped in, I think it was yesterday, stepped in and ended it, stopped it, and that's going nowhere. Now, the governor of New Mexico was not getting a lot of help from her own people. I mean, the sheriff said he was not going to enforce it. The attorney general said he was not going to enforce it because he didn't think it was constitutional. So this lady governor of of New Mexico, let's just say she's all by herself at the moment. Uh, I don't know what led her to make this decision. I think it was completely unnecessary to do this. Uh, The problem, there is a crime problem in Albuquerque from what we hear. But you're not going to fix it by taking guns away from people who legally own them. The way you fix crime is you go after criminals. And apparently she didn't uh, want to do that, or at least do that strongly enough so that you could put down the crime in Albuquerque mexico so that particular executive order in new mexico is going nowhere and that's good because that's what should happen when you violate the constitution of the united states let me leave you with a little on this day in history back in 1968 on this day denny mcclain who was pitching for the detroit tigers became the last pitcher in the major leagues to win his 30th game Uh, it was a saturday afternoon against the oakland a's he won that game no no pitcher has come close to 30 games since. Uh, Bob Welch and came up with 27 with the Dodgers in 19, I think it was 1990, or the Oakland, the Oakland A's in 1990. Tom Seaver with the Mets, a few others, have made it to 25. But nobody's made it to 30. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why I don't think that'll ever happen again. One of them is that the pitcher's are not starting as many games as they used to back then. So that's a big reason. But Denny McLean became the last pitcher to win 30 games on this day back in 1968. Thank you for listening. This is Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.